Good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hudnall. This is the Ken Hudnall Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Gateway to the Old West, the most haunted city in the country. Well, today's January 24th, the 24th day of the new year. 341 days remain to the year's over with. Holidays and observances. It is Paul Pitcher Day. Uh, commemorating the shift with a foamy beverage. National Lobster Thermidor Day. Global Belly Laugh Day. National Trunk Like a Grizzle Prospector Day. National Beer Can Appreciation Day. To Bishivat. Which... Is a Jewish holiday celebrating the new year for trees and renewal of nature reflecting on our relationship with the environment. And Macintosh Computer Day. Uh, National Just Do It Day. National Peanut Butter Day, one of my favorite. Farmhouse Breakfast Week. National Fresh Squeezed uh, Juice Week, Family Mediation Week, Snow Sculpting Week, Week of Prayer for Christian Unity, Sharon Tate's birthday, John Belushi's birthday, (coughs) Veganary Month, Thyroid Awareness Month, National Slow Cooking Month, Cervical Cancer Awareness Month, Bread Machine Baking Month, National Skating Month, January, Dry January, uh, National Blood Donor Month, Manuary, International Brain Teaser Month, National Clean Up Your Computer Month, National Soup Month, Get Organized Month, International Creativity Month, Celebration of Life Month, National Oatmeal Month, National Be Kind to Food Servers Month, double that tip, why don't you? National Hot Tea Month, National Birth Defects Awareness Month, Get a Balanced Life Month, and National Hobby Month. Well, what happened? All that having been said... In 41 AD, Claudius is proclaimed Roman Emperor by the Praetorian Guard after they assassinate the previous uh, emperor, his nephew Caligula. 914 started the first Fatimite invasion of Egypt. 1438, the Council of Basel suspends Pope Eugene IV. Which just goes to show that even God's spokesman has to answer to others. 1458, Matthias Corvinus is elected King of Hungary. 1536, King Henry VIII of England suffers an accident while jousting, leading to a brain injury that historians say may have influenced his later erratic behavior and possible impotence. 1651, Nariuco War. Spanish and Mapuche authorities meet in the Parliament of Borora, renewing the fragile peace established at the parliaments of uh, Quillen in 1641 and 1647. 
1679, King Charles II of England dissolves the Cavalier Parliament. 1742, Charles VII Albert becomes the Holy Roman Emperor. Seventeen fifty-eight. During the Seven Years' War, the leading burghers of Königsberg submit to Elizabeth of Russia, thus forming a Russian Prussia until seventeen sixty-three. Eighteen seventeen. Crossing of the Indies, many soldiers of one Gregorio de la Harris are captured in the action of uh, Pechiuta. Eighteen thirty-five. Slaves in Salvador de Bahia, Brazil, staged a revolt, which is instrumental in ending slavery there 50 years later. 1848, California Gold Rush. James Marshall finds gold at Sutter's Mill near Sacramento. 1857, University of Calcutta is formally touched as the, or excuse me, formally founded as the first fully-fledged university in South Asia. 1859, United Principalities of Moldavia and Wallachia, later called Romania, is formed as a personal union under the rule of Donita Alexandru Ion Cusa, 1900. Second Boer War. The Boers stop a British attempt to break the siege of Ladysmith in the Battle of Spionkop. 1908. First Boy Scout troops organized in England by Robert Baden Powell. <coughs> 1915, World War I. British Grand Fleet battle cruisers under Vice Admiral Sir David Beatty engage uh, Rear Admiral Franz von Hipper's battle cruisers in the Battle of uh, Dogger Bank. 1916, in Brush Haber v. Union Pacific Railroad, the Supreme Court of the U.S. declares the federal income tax constitutional. Not going, not going, once you show the government a way to make money, they're not going to let it go. If they have to lie, sheet, steal, and kill to get it, they'll keep it. 1918, the Gregorian calendar is introduced in Russia by decree by the Council of People's Commissars, effective uh, February 14th. 1933, 20th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution is ratified, changing the beginning and end of the terms for all elected federal offices. 1935, Gottfried Kruger Brewing Company starts selling the first canned beer. 1839, deadliest earthquake in Chilean history. Chilean, killing about 28,000 people. 1942, World War II, Allies bombard Bangkok, leading Thailand, then under Japanese control to declare war against the U.S. and the U.K. <coughs> 1943, World War II. Franklin Roosevelt and Winston Churchill conclude a conference in Casablanca. 1946, United Nations General Assembly passes its first resolution to establish the United Nations Atomic Energy Commission. 1960, Algerian War. Some units of European volunteers in Algiers stage a Insurrection known as the Barricades Week, during which they uh, seize government buildings and clash with local police. 1961, Goldsboro B-52 crash. A bomber carrying two H-bombs breaks up in midair over North Carolina. 
uranium core one weapon still remains lost. It's probably sitting on somebody's mantle in North Carolina. 1966, Air India Flight 101 crashes into Mont Blanc. 1968, Vietnam War. First Australian Task Force launches Operation Coburg against the North Vietnamese Army in the Viet Cong during uh, wider fighting around Long Bin and Bian Hao. 1972, Japanese Sergeant Solichi Yokoi is found hiding in a Guam jungle where he had been since the end of World War II. 1977, the Atocha Massacre occurs in Madrid during the Spanish transition to democracy. 1978, Soviet satellite Cosmos 954 with a nuclear reactor on board burns up in Earth's atmosphere, scatters radioactive debris over Canada's Northwest Territories. Only 1% of that debris is recovered. 1984, Apple Computer places Macintosh purchased computers on sale in the U.S. 1986, the Voyager 2 space probe makes its closest approach to Uranus. 1987, about 20,000 protesters marched in a civil rights demonstration in Forsyth County, Georgia. 1989, notorious serial killer Ted Bundy with over 30 known victims is executed by electric chair at the Florida State Prison. 1990, Japan launches Hitin, country's first lunar probe, the first robotic lunar probe since the Soviet Union's Lunar 24 in 1976, and the first lunar probe launched by a country other than Soviet Union or the U.S. 2003, the United States Department of Homeland Security officially begins operation, and it's gone downhill steadily since then. No 2009, Cyclone Klaus makes landfall near Bordeaux, France caused 26 deaths as well as extensive disruptions to public transport and power supplies. 2011, at least 35 were killed and 180 injured in a bombing at Moscow's uh, Domodedovo Airport. And in 2018, former Dr. Larry Nasser is sentenced up to 175 years in prison after he found guilty of using his position as sexually abused female gymnast. Well, with all that... Uh, interesting history. I've been asked to talk some more about one of my favorite topics, and that's ghosts. You know, the um, there's a lot of stories that just absolutely chill people, such as the gray man and the bell witch and hugging Molly and others that uh, allegedly can't find peace. We're going to talk about uh, the stories behind The Conjuring and the Lizzie Borden house and even the hotel featured in The Shining. You know, the... uh, Interesting thing. When Jesus first stepped out of the boat immediately, they met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, often been bound with shackles and chains, but he tore the chains apart and broke the shackles in pieces. Jesus asked him, what's his name? And he said, "Uh, my name is Legion. 
for we're many. And that came from the book of Mark, chapter 5. Now, ghosts are enigmatic specters that straddle the divide between our world and the afterlife. And they've exerted a powerful hold on the human imagination since the dawn of time, transcending cultures and borders. And whether you're a born skeptic or a true believer, it's hard to deny the allure of these spectral beings. It will ignore the widely reported phenomena of their uh, interactions with men, women, and children throughout history. I've always been intrigued by what's really going on and settle down and listen to the stories I'm going to tell. Our obsession with the supernatural entities uh, is increasing. Today, two in five Americans believe in ghosts, and one in five say they've seen one themselves. That's according to USA Today in a survey by YouGov. Uh, if you haven't had an encounter of your own, ask around, and it's... Uh, Likely, you'll have a friend or a family member with a spectral experience. We're going to bring you some of the most compelling of these ghost stories, including historical curiosities like uh, Florida's Ghost of Bellamy Bridge and Alabama's Huggin' Molly. And we're going to talk about real-life inspirations from movies like The Shining and The Conjuring, as well as ghost media pop culture incarnations in movies and TVs and shows and podcasts and what have you. And if you want to dig deeper, we'll walk you through many of the haunted places available to explore across North America and even worldwide. Hope you understand where to go, what gear to bring along, and which professionals to seek for insights and connections to the spirit world. So we're going to take a spooky journey to uncover the scientific truth and uh, historical and psychological underpinnings of these ubiquitous spine-chilling tales. You know, all through human history, our stories have uh, revealed that ghosts have been right there with us. Now, according to the New York Times, if you can believe them, after all the clearly wrong uh, statements they have made, there's no scientific evidence for these as a ghost. But that hadn't stopped people from believing. Nor should it. it. Took us hundreds of thousands of years as Homo sapiens to realize that uh, germs live among us. And it may take another couple of thousand years for us to confirm that ghosts do as well. So when the Times reports that nearly 50% of Americans believe in ghosts and 20% claim to have encountered one, it's easy to understand why the history of ghosts is as much a history of the human race as it is uh, of them. So we're going to start out um, exploring what these uh, spectral specimens actually are. And then we'll look at how they've shown up throughout history, including their persistent appearance in our pop cultural landscape. I've even got a glossary of common paranormal terms uh, you can use to enhance your own journey as you walk through the walls of Time to explore the history of ghosts. Now, ghosts are a 
a common concept in uh, modern society. From the time we were very small, we already recognized the caricature of a ghost as a little floaty white sheet that has eyes. And as we grow older, we our understanding of what a ghost is evolves as well. Typically through the ghost-themed movies and TV shows we watch, real life and fictional accounts we read and the stories we tell in the dark. We seek them out on ghost tours or in haunted houses, and I did ghost tours in El Paso for 20 years. I got some very bizarre photos, let me tell you. Um, and we thrilled at the chills we get on hearing about ghosts at an old battlefield or a colonial graveyard with moss-covered headstones. We pay them homage at Halloween, making ghost cookies and costumes and decorating our homes with ghostly imagery. And a mere thought of them can make us reach for the light switch in the middle of the night. Or bring us peace with the idea that the end of a loved one's life and the end of her existence are not necessarily the same thing. We also unfairly co-opted the coolest ghostly action of all. Disappearing. To subscribe the worst of our social etiquette. Referred to as ghosting. But despite this paranormal uh, presence in our lives, we... Do we really have a good sense of what ghost uh, a ghost actually is? Now, the discussion of ghost presupposes the human life consists of both the physical form <coughs> that we call the body and the spirit form that we call the soul. On the most basic level, Merriam-Webster defines a ghost as a disembodied soul, especially the soul of a dead person believed to be an inhabitant of the unseen world or to appear to the living in bodily likeness. In other words, a ghost describes the spirit form when it's not inhabiting the body. But when a ghost isn't just a spirit and it is no longer within a body, but one that has remained on earth after death, this explains the experience, uh, according to experience guides behind the St. Charles Ghost Tours, which operates in St. Charles, Missouri. Additionally, include earthbound animal spirits within their definition of ghost. Now, as for how ghosts are experienced by humans, there's a company called Ghost and Gravestones, which offers historical tours in five different coastal American cities. And they explain that ghosts can appear, or spirits, that is, can appear just as they did when they were alive. They can appear as a mist, as loud sound and aggressive engagement, door slamming and fire starting and such. Uh, as an orb of light, and I've seen a bunch of those, or as a swirling vortex. Sometimes the mist, orb, and vortex varieties are temporary states the ghost takes on becoming... Uh, before becoming fully human-looking in form. Now, paranormal experts have identified three main reasons ghosts haunt our location. One, it might be a residual haunting, basically imprints of energy that remain in 
recur in the same locations across time. No interaction between the uh, ghost and the present. Was there any awareness on the ghost part? This imprint recurrence can either be a positive experience or a negative experience, such as a violent murder. Then you got poltergeist activity. That's characterized by knocks and bangs and furniture starting to move around by itself. Uh, then the activity becomes more intense, manifesting itself through voices and even the appearance of full-blown apparitions. Furniture may slide across the room. The bed might shake. Some experts believe these experiences can be attracted by the intense energy of one person. And that helping that individual calm their energy and clear their mind can cause that dramatic paranormal activity to subside. Then we've got interactive activity. Uh, which is a haunting in which the ghost interacts with the present world. And these particular ghosts are thought to stick around on the earthy realm because they died dramatically, had unfinished business, died so suddenly they don't realize they're dead, or they need justice in the world, fear judgment in the afterlife, or are too connected with their loved ones to leave, or their death caused such trauma to their loved ones they can't bring themselves to let go. Uh, demonic activity, shadow people, and portal hauntings are of the categories of spirit activity. But um, these are generally thought to be different from normal ghost hauntings. And then the question becomes, do, how do ghosts get peace? Or actually, do they ever leave? You know, most ghosts seem to leave after intentional and focused energy cleansing of the haunted space. Um... First, it's recommended uh, ruling out any potential non-paranormal sources of the perceived hauntings. If that doesn't help, conduct an energy cleansing of the space, which involves cleaning the house in a literal sense. Common method is to smudge the house by burning sage, an all-purpose spiritual cleanser that uh, send a message to your ghost, that, but it won't offend them. Uh... It's recommended, if you're going to do that, to smudge every room of the house with special attention paid to any outward-facing corner, since many paranormal experts believe these corners act as boundaries between your house and encroaching negative energy. Then additional energy clinics messages include protecting door entryways and doorways and corners with salt or crystals or talismans or even holy water. Experts advise to... Uh, Repeat an affirmation to draw positive energy into the space and push the negative energy out. It can take the form of a prayer or a custom mantra that lets the ghost know that you're appealing to all that's good and beautiful in the universe. And that negative energy has no place in your home. You know, one of the biggest puzzles is how can ghosts walk through walls? Many who have contacted him have uh, reported this phenomena. You know, puzzling over this question is comes from the fact that some ghosts can move objects in the human world. And if a ghost can actually engage with the physical world, such as slamming a door, how can it also appear to move uh, through the physical world unfringed by such things as um, doors and walls? 
There's a website owned by a paranormal researcher and writer called Spook Eats. It explains that the theory of residual ghosts is uh, best understood the phenomena. Specifically, these apparitions are on autopilot, reliving uh, the specific moment of their, in their life, even if it was hundreds of years ago. Uh, the fact that the house structure has changed over time doesn't have any bearing on the residual movements. The ghost of this person is thought to still be moving about in the house as it existed at the time of their death. For example, that would allow them to walk through a wall that postdates the residual ghost person's experiences in the house when the spirit was still a living person. So from the nurse's perspective, they aren't necessarily walking through walls per se. It's more like they're an imprint of another era altogether, which doesn't necessarily align with the current physical state of the home. But when it happens, it can certainly give you a turn. Well, all this having been said, let's talk about some real-life accounts of ghostly visitations across the centuries. You know, stories of ghost sightings and encounters have been around since antiquity. And because some of these stories involve well-known places, people, or artifacts, they've survived across time, some for thousands of years. I'm going to touch on some of the more compelling stories of historical ghosts. The earliest known depiction of ghosts um, comes from a Babylonian tablet from 1500 B.C. And it's called the earliest known depiction, according to preeminent Middle Eastern scholar Irving Finkel. And it also provides you with the first direction of how to get rid of a ghost. For example, performing an exorcism. Now that's according to Smithsonian Magazine, official publication of the Smithsonian Institution. Found on a small, partially complete ancient Babylonian tablet housed in the British Museum in London, which unfortunately is not available for public view, these directions call for the exorcist to make figurines of a man and a woman, prepare two vessels of beer, and at sunrise speak ritual words calling on the Mesopotamian god uh, Shamash, who is responsible for bringing ghosts to the underworld. According to Finkel, the idea is to transfer the ghost into one of the figurines. Then we got Pliny the Younger, an ancient Roman scholar and lawyer who wrote hundreds of letters throughout his career which spanned from 81 to 110 A.D., and a lot of these still survive. And some of his letters recount what's possibly the oldest written account of a haunted house, according to the, the site of Dollar of History. This house stood in ancient uh, Athens, Greece, and was apparently haunted by a chain-lettering ghost of an old man of extremely emaciated and squalid appearance. Had a long beard and disheveled hair, rattled chains on his feet and hands, now, the lore of this haunting kept people away from the house until the philosopher, Athenodorus, bravely moved in. And he soon had an encounter with the ghost, for rather than running away, he calmly followed it outside and marked a spot on the ground where it vanished. The site was subsequently dug up, and the skeleton of a man in chains was found there. Well, after a proper burial, the haunting ceased. And then we have the biblical tale of the witch of Endor, which comes from the Old Testament. Saul, the first king of Israel, went to see the witch of Endor to summon the spirit of the prophet Samuel to foretell how he and his sons would fare in battle. 
Now the witch conjured the spirit of Samuel, who tragically informed the king uh, that Saul, as well as his three sons, would in fact die in battle the next day, and as a result, the Israelites would fall to the Philistines. Well, this description was translated into a famous painting by William Sidney Mount called Saul and the Witch of Endor that's now displayed at the Smithsonian American Art Museum in Washington, D.C. Be careful what you wish for. Sometimes you get it. Then we got Baba Yaga. Stories about Baba Yaga have been captured in print since 1755, though this uh, Slavic folklore is likely passed down early before then. Baba Yaga is said to be an enormous, ugly old woman who lives in a hut built on uh, four tall chicken legs that can turn about or relocate on command. That's according to the World History Encyclopedia. Usually leaves her hut in the morning, returning in the evening, commands a flock of black geese that circle the skies looking for children. The Baba Yaga tales involve hunting and cooking and eating children. While there's no consensus on what she represents, theories include her being the Personification of nature for, for or a storm. A plow that breaks injures the earth to enable the planting, fertilization, and growth of crops, or even a Slavic version of the goddess of death. <coughs> and of course, the well-known Flying Dutchman ghost ship at the center of a dramatic 17th century tale. According to the story, the ship was trying to reach Amsterdam by going around South Africa's Cape of Good Hope. And despite protests from the crew, the captain insisted on continuing through a horrific storm, swearing to reach land even if he had to sail until doomsday. Well, the ship was lost, and the evocation uh, caused the vessel to be cursed to sail forever. The online publication, uh, Maritime Insight, explains sightings of this ships are thought to be the harbinger of death and impending doom, and several sightings have been reported through the centuries, since, uh, including a famous report during World War II by a German submarine. Then, of course, we have the uh, original inspiration for Washington Irving's classic tale of a headless horseman. Uh... And the original inspiration is still debated to this day. Herbal History Channel explains that many scholars believe Irving was inspired by an actual Hessian soldier who was decapitated by a cannonball during the Battle of White Plains. It was around Halloween in 1776. Irving moved to that area as a teenager in 1798, who had been introduced to local ghost stories and lowered at an impressionable age. His tale is believed to be a blend of historical accounts and local legend. And then, of course, we have the, the ghost of Anne Boleyn, one of the most famous in Britain, if not the world. Uh, that's according to paranormal investigators in Haunted Rooms of America. She was the second wife of King Henry VIII, was executed at the Tower of London in 1536 after Henry blamed her for his inability to father a male heir. Her headless ghost has long since been... Uh, spotted at the Tower of London and at her burial site at uh, Salva Church, as well as uh, Marwell Hall, where Henry and his mistress and soon-to-be third wife spent time after, while Anne awaited execution. Henry VIII had a lot to answer for. Then we've got the ghost of Abraham Lincoln. It's been spotted within the walls of the White House several times over the years. 
first described in a newspaper article published in 1903. And many of the sightings of Abe have taken place in the Lincoln bedroom or the yellow overall room on the second floor, according to the White House Historical Association. Given the house's uh, notable residents and visitors, several famous people have reported seeing the ghost, including President Theodore Roosevelt, First Lady Grace Coolidge, British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, and Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands. Others reported hearing knockings on doors when no one was there. Allegedly, allegedly, President Reagan's dog would stand outside the Lincoln bedroom and bark, (coughs) but when the door was open, would refuse to enter. Well, let's talk about the ghost of Joan Crawford. <clears throat> Partially built by the famed Hollywood actress, Crawford's home is said to have been the site of a range of paranormal activity, including odd fires breaking out in the home and even children's voices crying in the walls. That's according to Hollywood Home, a website run by a Sotheby's International Real Estate Agent, though it's not affiliated with Sotheby's, of course. In particular, the wall where Crawford's uh, bed was located reportedly had been known to break out in flames. Maybe she had a hot time in the old town tonight. Additionally, the site claims that every single family that's lived in that house has had horrible things happen. Illnesses, alcoholism, addiction, relationship problems. Some believe the property itself was poisoned by vindictive spirits, and uh, this partially explains Crawford's well-known... Uh, cruelty of course there are those that says she was just crazy as a road lizard but let's talk about the ghost of Walt Disney World you know stories about haunted locations within the Walt Disney World are numerous among them is the story of George the ghost of a construction worker who reportedly haunts the Pirates of the Caribbean ride in the Magic Kingdom he said they died on the site in a construction accident Disney employees have learned that if they don't offer George daily greetings, he indulges in some relatively good-natured fun. He'll turn the lights out, stop the ride, pranks employees with silent phone calls from an empty control room. Other spirited tales involve Walt Disney himself, who is said to haunt his office on Main Street, turning the lights on after cast members turn them off. There's also the legend of a Victorian-era woman dressed in white who walks the Main Street sometimes. Or guys lost children back to the daycare. According to travel blog uh, Surf and Sunshine, uh, the woman in white's one of the good ghosts that lurks around Disney. Certainly. Uh, if somebody tells a story one time, it could be imagination. But I believe in the Ian Fleming philosophy, once is happenstance. Twice as coincidence, three times as enemy action. There are far more than three reports of the woman in white. Well, let's talk about pop culture phantasms. You know, pop culture is, uh, among other things, a reflection of the of the elements that shape our collective zeitgeist. So it should come as no surprise that a culture obsessed with the history, lore, and exploration of ghosts is brimming with Spectral stories about uh, pop culture landscape. Let's talk about uh, A Christmas Carol. It's, it's a globally famous and timeless tale from Charles Dickens, 
first published about a week before Christmas, 1943. Sold out by Christmas Eve, according to the National Endowment of the Arts. Now, Victorian England didn't get enough of Dickens' imagined intersection of a popular holiday, a morality tale, and a ghost story. This timeless classic, which explores one miserly man's visit with four ghosts on Christmas Eve, has remained just as popular 200 years since its initial publication, spawning numerous movies, TV shows, cartoons, and even a video game. National Endowment of the Arts notes there's over a hundred versions of A Christmas Carol that have appealed in pop culture over the years, and there's no end in sight. Then, of course, my favorite's Casper the Friendly Ghost, an upbeat, friendly little spirit become one of the most beloved figures in pop culture. Casper's first manifested in the post-World War II entertainment era, appeared in a series of animated shorts from 1945 to 1959. Uh, that's according to Movie Web. Since then, Casper's become an iconic figure with different iterations attempting to answer questions about this little ghost's earthly origin. Some early audiences just found the spirit of a, little, of a little boy to be something of a disturbing entertainment concept and the quest to create a palatable narrative around the death of a child is actually taken on a life of its own, even being skewed, uh, skewered in an episode of The Simpsons. Casper went on to spawn a movie series and is rumored to be in the works as a new TV series on Peacock. And, of course, we got the movie Ghostbusters. Actually, it's a movie franchise. Combined our love of ghosts and our obsession with ghost hunting. Storyline follows three academic scientists and a new hire says he'll believe anything in order to get a job. He'll meet a paranormal explosion by discovering how to trap and expel spirits from haunted locations. They take their nerdy superhero status to the next level by ultimately saving the world from ghostly oblivion. Ghost characters that his franchise uh, become as famous as the humans and help spawn sequels with female and even child protagonists. Then we've got the, the famed Haunted Mansion. This dizzy movie is based on a favorite ride of the same name as the Magic Kingdom in Orlando, which makes it actually a two-tier pop culture hit. The original would start Eddie Murphy, now being made, remade for a new generation. Updated version features, features a single mom and her nine-year-old son who, after moving into a haunted New Orleans home, enlists the help of several different figures, including a paranormal tour guide, a psychic, a priest, and a historian to help them uh, solve the issue. Then we've got uh, The Sixth Sense, a quiet horror movie first hit the big screen in 1999. Mind-bending twist ending uh, gave Supernatural fans what they wanted most. An opportunity to question your own perceptions of the possible connections between our world and the spirit world. The Atlantic explained that the acclaimed film soon uh, took its place in entertainment history as an old-fashioned ghost story with a largely unknown Indian-American director. It became the second-highest-grossing film at the box office that year and put the director M. Night Shyamalan's uh, name on the map. And, of course, we've got an American Horror Story. While the popular series explores all kinds of disturbing, gruesome, and horrifying plots, focusing on a single self-contained storyline across each session. 
first of the 11 seasons so far was tied directly to a storyline built around a haunted house. And ghosts are actually a vital part of the American Horror Story. Um, the show's established, abided by, and then obliterated the rules of how ghosts engage in this fictional world. Then, of course, everybody's famous ghost, starring Patrick Swayze. It's got a fairly unique place in the our uh, pop culture landscape as a, a ghost story, a thriller, and a love story all rolled into one. Then there's Ghost, the TV show, which I have to say was, uh, I thought was kind of odd. And then, of course, we got ghosts and novels uh, far beyond A Christmas Carol. There are numerous uh, written stories of ghosts. Now, one thing that you've got to become accustomed to if you're going to delve in the world of ghosts is... Uh, Learn the vocabulary. I've heard some... You know, when I started doing my ghost tours here, and I was the... Uh, <coughs> actually, the second one. The first uh, couple. Uh, two ladies. Uh, actually retired. Uh, I began doing it uh, at the request of one of the ladies. And... Uh, Wrote a number of books that are still selling. And then people who thought it was fun and exciting bought my books, learned my stories, and opened up their own ghost tours. One guy was so outrageous. He would just make stuff up. And if you questioned him, he would attack you. Well... In the glossary of ghostly terms, we have apparition. And that's a ghostly figure that appears unexpectedly, often considered a manifestation of a deceased person's spirit. It's frequently used as a synonym for a ghost, for... Um, I've heard the term uh, full-bodied apparition to describe a human-appearing ghost. Then we got disembodied voices. can be heard... Uh, but not linked to any uh, perceptible source. Example would be um, hearing the sound of a child crying in a room where, uh, when you're alone, or hearing the sounds of a party, such as talking and laughing and music when there's no one around. And let's talk about ectoplasm, also called ghostly mist. It's a vaporous cloud, usually appearing several feet off the ground, and uh, it can move swiftly or just hover, almost like it's uh, orbiting a spot. Sometimes it precedes a interactive uh, personality taking shape and perhaps becoming an apparition. And then close to embodied, disembodied voices is what's called EVP. It stands for Electronic Voice Phenomena. The sounds or voices captured on recording devices, I've got a number of those. Believed to be communications and spirits. Um, people present at the time of the recording don't often hear anything, but when the recording is played back, the sounds can be heard. And there are five classes of EVPs. Class A, 
It's undisputed. There's no question about it. Uh, Class B, distinct and loud, but you have to know what you're listening for. Class C, faint and whispery. Class D, very tough to decipher. And Class G is referred to generally as garbage. Then you got a funnel ghost. Um, they're specialized ghosts, usually defined as a spectral vortex, usually associated with a cold spot. Appears as a wisp of light or a swirling spiral of light, often caught in photographs or on video. Then, of course, there's the, the word ghost, which is the spirit of a deceased human or animal. No longer inhabits a physical body and remains on earth after uh, death. Now, there are subcategories within the classification, such as uh, ectoplasm, a funnel ghost, or even poltergeist. Then you've got interactive personalities. These ghosts appear as they looked in life. Same basic body and personality. They interact with human living, uh, living humans through speech or smell or sounds or by moving physical objects and they're thought to feel emotions and seek out communication with humans. Then we have orbs. They're spherical shapes, usually made of light, thought to be an indication of a spirit's presence, often captured in photographs. I've got a number of orb photographs. Of course, my favorite one was at Concordia Cemetery. I was doing a talk, and behind me was a bench. And a number of people started taking photographs, which I thought was odd, but each to their own. When they showed me the photograph sitting behind me on a bench was a little old man in a three-piece suit that I was told was the person that first did ghost tours at uh, Concordia Cemetery. Then we have Ouija boards. That's a board with letters and numbers where participants communicate with spirits by placing their fingerprints on a small piece of wood called a planchette. Fighting the spirit to move it across the board. Some people believe this tool can be used as a means to interact with the realm of spirits. And we got a paranormal. Those are activities or events that can't be explained through normal or scientific means, such as psychic phenomena, ghostly occurrences. And the planchette is the small triangle or heart-shaped board that is... Uh, Supported on casters or and a pointer, allowing it to uh, move across a Ouija board. <coughs> and we have poltergeist. This ghostly type is characterized by very loud, intense, and sometimes aggressive interplay with the material world. Such as flickering lights and slamming doors and even lighting fires. Most poltergeists are harmless, but uh, they can at times become dangerous. Then we have the word preternatural. That's a phenomenon that appears outside the realm of what's considered natural, but not necessarily supernatural. Often used to describe unusual occurrences or extraordinary abilities. Then we have uh, residual hauntings. Basically an imprint of energy or that remains and reoccurs at the same location across time. No interaction between the ghost and the present, nor is there any awareness on the ghost part. This replaying imprint can either be a positive experience or uh, a negative one. Uh, you can see uh, the ghost reliving a uh, hugely memorable or joyous occasion or 
perhaps a violent murder. Then we have a seance. That's a gathering where people attempt to communicate with spirits or ghosts through a medium, sometimes who has the or claims to have the uh, special ability to interact with spiritual entities directly. Then we have shadow spirits or shades. Shadow spirits are supernatural entity, often associated with darkness and the ethereal realm, typically characterized by its elusive and mysterious nature. While a shade is an alternative uh, term for a ghost or a spirit, often used to describe a more sinister and malevolent presence. Then we have the word spirit, applies to the soul, non-physical, energetic life force of a human or animal, separate from the physical body. Then supernatural, which is events or phenomena beyond the understanding of science, laws, and natural explanations, including ghosts and psychic abilities and magic and divine intervention. Well, let's talk about some ghost stories. Tales of ghostly encounters and legendary mysteries. I mean, frankly, who doesn't love a good ghost story? And whether you're sitting around a campfire telling tales or cozy up in bed doing some late-night reading, nothing like discovering a engaging tale that gives you goosebumps. Maybe it's learning how The Conjuring is based on a two-story of the Perone family. Maybe it's dissecting the double unsolved murder took place at Lizzie Borden's house. Or maybe it's finding out that ghosts, such as the gray man, can actually be helpful. Well, we're going to dive into spooky stories and urban legends. Maybe give you a chill or two. We'll start out talking about the Bell Witch, a spectral visitor who terrorized the Tennessee family to the point of leaving murder. You know, along the banks of the winding Red River in the rural expanse of Robertson County, you find the peaceful and unassuming town of Adams, Tennessee. Went there once. With a modest population of only 656 residents, you might assume it would go unnoticed. But nothing could be further from the truth. This is a home of the infamous Bell Witch, a mysterious entity that from 1817 to 1821 terrorized the Bell family. A lot of ghost hunters and paranormal investigators considered the Bell Witch to be one of America's most unnerving and reality-bending hauntings. International renowned story has captivated believers and even the skeptical for over 200 years. But moving to the area in 1804, the Bell family spent 13 years living a normal, pleasant frontier life. During the summer of 1817, the family encountered events that would uh, irrevocably alter the course of their lives. Now, the first oddity to be noticed by the Bells occurred when the Family patriarch John Bell encountered a uh, bizarre-looking creature that could uh, only be described as dog-like. Some reports claim it had two heads. Others insist it had a dog's bite and a rabbit's head. Tried to shoot the monstrosity, but the bullet didn't connect with the creature and the beast just disappeared from sight. Bell's children, Drew and Betsy, also encountered... Uh, recounted witnessing extraordinary sightings such as some mysterious avian species that uh, couldn't be identified in a haunting image of a young girl wearing a green dress hanging from a tree. That was in the neighboring woods, don't you know? And the events only got worse as time went on. 
The bell household was engulfed in puzzling and frightening sounds during peculiar hours. Some examples included them inexplicable knocking with nobody there, elusive rats gnawing on uh, bedposts, a menacing chorus of barking and growling, an eerie dragging of chains echoing through the corridors of the house. And despite their investigations, the source of the mysterious noises that filled the bell household was never found. No rats were found, no dogs, no chains. And the sleeping bells were found, uh, found themselves startled by his bed sheets were torn away and pillows were snatched from underneath their heads. Well, no longer content with playing mild tricks on the bells, this spectral entity uh, kicked things up a notch, began speaking to and taunting the family in full-fledged, coherent English. According to Tennessee researcher Pat Fitzhugh, author of The Bell Witch, uh, it sang hymns, quoted uh, scripture, carried on intelligent conversation, once even quoted word for word two sermons that were preached at the same time on the same day, 13 miles apart. The witch was also believed to possess the ability to shapeshift. One of the family's uh, indentured servants, Dean, claimed to have witnessed this phenomenon multiple times, according to Tennessee State Library. He described encounters where the entity manifested as a towering black wolf or a dog with two heads or even an entity missing its head. Uh, when she was asked to identify herself, the bell witch gave a variety of responses. In one instance, she claimed to be a local Ritter River woman named Kate Batts, who was thought by residents to practice black magic. And another witch reportedly said, I'm the spirit of a person who was buried in the woods nearby, and the grave's been disturbed. My bones disinterred and scattered. One of my teeth was lost under this house. I'm here looking for that tooth. But it was only after John had made, made, painstakingly removed the Holmes flooring the bell which began cackling, declaring the whole ordeal is merely a joke. The spirit of witch that haunted the bell residence seemed to have had an affinity for John's wife, Lucy. She declared Lucy the epitome of perfection among women and demonstrated a remarkable display of compassion towards her. Entity attended to Lucy's needs, providing care and singing soothing melodies to her during times of illness. As for John Jr., she left him alone for the most part neither liking nor disliking him, apparently. At times, it engaged in intellectual conversations. She also interjected herself prominently into Betsy's romantic endeavors. Betsy was being pursued by a young suitor named Joshua Gardner, according to the Atlas Obscura. The Bell Witch developed a strong aversion to him and adamantly demanded Betsy refrain from marrying him. As a result, fearing the witch, Betsy called off the wedding. And eventually the witch's activities became physical and began striking, pinching, and pulling the hair of some of the family members, according to Tennessee State Museum. John Bell and his wife Betsy, his daughter Betsy got uh, the brunt of the relentless abuse. Betsy began uh, having fainting spells and found herself completely drained of energy. But it was John who would suffer the worst fate of all at the hands of the Bell witch. For some reason, she absolutely despised the head of the household made no effort to hide her hatred. By the fall of 1820, his declining health had confined him to the house. With a malicious intensity, removed his shoes when he tried to walk and slapped his face when he recovered from his numerous seizures. On countless occasions, the bell witch made a chilling vow to end John's life. After enduring her relentless attacks and ceaseless torment from, for, two, uh, for three long years, 
John died from poisoning in December 1820. Uh, her ominous promise finally coming to fruition. When either the family or the attending physician found a strange vial of near-black liquid, the spirit reportedly claimed, uh, I gave old John a big dose of that last night. That fixed him. If that wasn't enough, she reportedly crashed his funeral. Seemed killing John may have been her goal the entire time. Once she succeeded, she suddenly disappeared. Well, on that note, we come to the end of today's show. Tomorrow we'll be talking about more ghosty encounters. Until then, this is Ken Hudnall for the Ken Hudnall Show saying have a truly great evening. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.